You're listening to the Blue Angel Phantoms podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Notop. I interview former Blue Angel pilots and crew. However, this episode's gonna be a little different. I don't have a guest. You see, I haven't uploaded anything in close to two months on either my podcast or my YouTube channel. So I thought it was worth taking a step back, reconnecting with all of you, letting you know what's been going on in my life, let you know where I'm thinking about taking the channel, maybe share a behind the scenes story or two. But the bottom line is, I just wanted to catch up. So stick around. I'll share what's been going on. All right, thanks for joining me here on this episode of the podcast. I thought I'd kick this off with just a brief reintroduction of who I am. Uh, so my name is Ryan Notoff. My interest in this subject of the Blue Angels really goes back to my childhood. My grandfather was Butch Voris. He was the first leader of the Blue Angels back in 1946. And he did a second stint as leader back in 1952 after the Korean War when the team ushered in the Jet Age. And so I grew up in a really small town called Saratoga, California in the Bay Area. And my grandfather lived in Monterey, California. So I got to see him pretty much on every weekend and holidays and summers. And being around him, I heard incredible stories about his time in the Navy, about his time in World War II, about his time starting the Blue Angels, his coming back to the Blue Angels. In fact, Butch was actually involved in a terrible mid-air collision with the Blue Angels back in 1952 in Corpus Christi, and it took the life of their slot pilot, who was named Bud Wood back then. So uh, I just heard incredibly intense, incredibly motivating uh, stories. And this really sparked an interest in naval aviation history to me and especially Blue Angel history growing up. So that along with access to a documentary called Blue Angels, The Threshold Experience, which documents the Blue Angels back in 1970 and 1971 when they were flying the F-4 Phantom. Bottom line is, if you haven't seen this documentary, you need to check it out. It's on YouTube. You can, you can Google it. You can watch it. You can also buy it on Amazon. But it is 100% worth your time. If you're listening to this podcast, stop listening to this podcast and go watch that documentary. It's absolutely incredible. But it's just not the visuals that really stimulated me in that documentary. It was really the human interest stories. Uh, in particular, one that really resonated with me as a young person and still fascinates me today is the story of Harley Hall, who was the leader of the Blue Angels back in 1970 and 1971. Uh, after Harley Hall left... The Blue Angels, he reported back to the fleet and eventually served aboard the USS Enterprise and was involved in the Vietnam conflict as an F-4 Phantom pilot up until his very last day, January 27, 1973. That is the same day that Harley Hall was shot down and seen ejecting from his aircraft and listed as POW MIA. And so when the POWs all returned from Vietnam, unfortunately, Harley didn't return with them. And so to this day... People don't really know exactly what happened to Harley Hall. We don't know his exact fate. And so that really stuck with me as a kid, knowing that. Knowing that these incredible pilots get into these airplanes and put on these air shows, and then they leave the Blue Angels, and they go back and put on a gray or brown flight suit and have no problem hopping in and taking off of an aircraft carrier and putting themselves in harm's way. So knowing that, that really boiled my blood growing up and, and to this day still gets me. And it really made me want to start documenting the stories of the individuals, the incredible individuals that not only get into the cockpit and fly those Blue Angel jets, but also the maintenance crew who are also very incredible individuals. And, and I want to tell their stories in documentary format. And so I started the Blue Angel Phantoms YouTube channel close to four years ago. Um, really started out just wanting to document 
the individuals involved with the Threshold documentary. Uh, really follow up with the pilots and crew from that documentary and see where they are now and leverage their stories to really tell the story of Harley Hall to a larger audience. And that's how it started and met many great people in the beginning. A gentleman named Richard Keene, who was the crew chief of the Blue Angels during that time. Harry Chestnut, also a crew chief. Uh, got to interview a guy whose voice has been in my head since I was three. That's Kevin O'Mara, heavily featured in the documentary Threshold. He was the right wingman for the Blue Angels during that time period, heavily featured in that documentary. It was such an honor to meet him. And also got to meet Jerry Turkey Tucker, a Vietnam vet, Blue Angel pilot twice. He served uh, in the last days of the F-4 Phantom and eventually brought in the Skyhawks and came back many years later to become lead solo. So had two different stints with the Blue Angels. So that's that's how this YouTube channel started, and it has just taken off from there. All right, so I thought I'd give a quick update on what's been going on with me personally. And I think the best way to structure this conversation is really talk about it in terms of 2020, which for me and this YouTube channel, everything kicked off great. I attended the Blue Angels homecoming at the end of 2019 and interviewed Boss Gil Root, who was responsible for ushering in the F-18 Hornet into the Blue Angels back in 1987. First boss I ever got to meet and see as a Blue Angel in 1987 at Moffett Field. So that was a huge honor for me. I also got to interview Bruce Davey, who was on the Blue Angels in 1990, uh, 1977 as the narrator and then became the left wing in 1978 and the slot pilot in 1979. And the interesting thing about Bruce Davey is that he was the pilot that really recommended bringing the double Farvel into the demo that we all see today. So it was a huge honor to kick the year off interviewing them and publishing their interviews, sharing it with all of you, listening to the feedback and getting the feedback as you're all as interested in these stories as much as I am. So it was a really great way to start off 2020. I also started off 2020 by launching a podcast, the podcast you're listening to. And I thought this would be a good idea because it's really hard for me to travel all the time uh, to conduct video interviews. And so I thought it'd be a more cost-effective way instead of having to travel all the time, but leveraging video conferencing software uh, and high-quality microphones to record interview discussions and take those discussions long and share them in podcast format. So to date, unfortunately, I've only published six. So I was I was uh, I had a good track record there, publishing once a month. But uh, and then COVID happened. And that's been quite an issue for me. Uh, no, I don't have COVID, but uh, I'm very blessed not to have it. And no one in my family has it. And thinking about those that may be dealing with that situation. But where COVID is an impact on my life is I have a day job. And the requirements of my time uh, had to be amplified at my day job to make sure that I was meeting my employer's obligations to really deliver the best service for our clients and developing mitigation plans and making sure that we are bringing the best service for our clients during uh, a very troubling time. And so... Yeah, uh, as a result, uh, I had less time and definitely less energy to dedicate towards this podcast and the YouTube channel. Uh, that being said, with COVID running rampant right now and the numbers only getting worse at the time of this recording, I think the podcast is really going to be the format moving forward until things really settle down. It's going to create, uh, obviously, a virtual environment to conduct the interviews uh, and deliver that information in a, in a safe way traveling right now just doesn't make sense, right? Getting on an airplane doesn't make sense right now. And then meeting with former Blue Angels and potentially exposing them to COVID. If I get exposed to it on an airplane and then meet them, it just sounds like a really bad situation. So really thinking about just amplifying this podcast and putting most of my energy towards this podcast as I move forward for the foreseeable future until COVID settles down here. Can't wait to get back to the documentary format. Don't get me wrong. But right now, I think it's going to be all about the podcast moving forward. So 
um, as I've been able to ease off some of the intense uh, and amplified hours I've had at work, I'm going to start uh, easing back into the podcast and hopefully de- actually developing more podcast content than I was before. That'd be the goal. Uh, fingers crossed. I do have a number of invites uh, with former Blue Angel Pilots and crew to join me on this podcast and really feature their stories. I hope it works out and I will keep you posted. But uh, sounds promising right now. I think we'll get some more volume of interviews here in the very near future. Now with COVID keeping us on lockdown, I wanted to challenge myself during this time to build an original piece of content, leveraging the footage that I've already filmed, whether it be interview footage, whether it be air show footage. Bottom line was I wanted to create something brand new based on content that I already had. And so this is how I came up with the concept for a recent film that I've published. It's 30 minutes long. It's called Blue Angels 1982 Rise Above. And it is the story about the 1982 Blue Angels team and really the adversity that they had to overcome. Um, They had a terrible start to the 1982 season, starting first with the infamous diamond crash of the Thunderbirds, where the Thunderbirds lost all four of their diamond pilots. And then just a month later, they, the Blue Angels lost their lead solo, Stu Powery. And so 1982 got off to an absolutely terrible start. So this film is really about the rebuilding of the Blue Angels after overcoming such adversity and then delivering on an excellent and exceptional air show season and really maintaining the legacy of the Blue Angels for the next year. So this was not something that I set out to originally produce when I conducted these interviews with the individual pilots and really what kind of triggered the idea was I was on Facebook and I saw a picture of the 1982 Blue Angels team and I realized I'd interviewed at least four of the individuals uh, in that photo and unfortunately a couple are now deceased from natural causes and I, you know I'm sad that I never got to meet those individuals and share their story so I thought creating this piece would really help uh, bring forward their legacy as well. Um, so that picture on Facebook triggered the idea Based on that, I started pulling the interviews, the raw footage of those interviews uh, with the individuals that I'd spoken with from that 1982 team. And that's where I started to see that I did have a consistent narrative uh, from all of them. And I started to build the film. But as I mentioned, this is not something I set out to do. Uh, It's actually kind of funny. So I mentioned I grew up in the Bay Area of California, but it was really my recent move to Texas that was the catalyst almost uh, for these interviews. I moved to Austin, Texas two years ago, and I drove out uh, and I drove out to Austin by myself in my car uh, across the country and made it made a nice trip three, four days. But during my trip, uh, the first part of my trip, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a post on the Blue Angel tribute group page of an individual saying, hey, my high school teacher was actually the 1982 boss of the Blue Angels, Dave Carroll. He was a great teacher, but would love to know what happened to him. Does anyone have any information on him? And uh, this sparked my interest. I'd actually never heard of Dave Carroll before. And so I did a little bit of research and found out that Dave Carroll was actually directly in my path on my drive out to Austin. So I sent Dave Carroll a note uh, and he promptly responded and uh, he accepted uh, my invite for me to interview him for my YouTube channel. And I quickly got to his house and, and filmed an interview for an hour. And that's where I really learned who Dave Carroll was. I learned a lot about the basics of the 1982 season, a, a subject that I was really unfamiliar with. And it was a really, uh, it was just a great day. And uh, something Dave Carroll did for me uh, while I was actually at his house filming an interview with him, I had mentioned my passion for the movie Threshold. And he gave me his VHS copy of Threshold that was given to him when he was the leader of the Blue Angels, and he gave it to me. Um, Now, in return, I I shipped him a digital copy of the movie Threshold. Uh, So we had a little exchange there. But Dave Carroll, an incredible man, 
Um, and really that's how this got started uh, as far as being able to interview him uh, was just simply through a Facebook post and my curiosity. Uh, so I made my way out to Austin, Texas, got settled in. And then that at the end of that year, 2018, I went to the Blue Angels homecoming show and I bumped into a gentleman named Al Edmondson and he was just incredible and full of stories. And it turned out that he was the maintenance officer for the 1982 Blue Angels team. Uh, he was so intriguing and so captivating. Uh, I begged him to let me interview him and uh, he obliged. And so right before him and I both left Pensacola to go back to our respective homes, he sat down with me for over an hour and a half and just told stories. And he has such an incredible life in his own personal life. He is just a self-made individual. And so that interview is on my YouTube channel. If, you, if you're not familiar with Al Edmondson, if you like the Blue Angels, definitely just go Google his name. The interview will come up. But bottom line is during the course of that interview, both him and Dave Carroll really mentioned this gentleman named Jim Jungle Ross. And they said, you need to get in touch with Jim Jungle Ross. He lives in Texas. You should connect with him if you can and hear his stories. He's one of the best solo pilots we've ever worked with. So I got in touch with Jim Jungle Ross and I went down to his house and, and we did the interview. And, you know, he's an interesting guy in that after his time in the Navy, he went on to actually go fly and retire with FedEx as a pilot. So made himself a very nice living. And then uh, as he's retired, he came out of retirement to be a school bus driver and he drives children of all ages. And so I think you can only just imagine how, how interesting that would be if those kids knew that their bus driver was a former Blue Angel pilot. But uh, bottom line, had a great discussion with Jim Jungle Ross, posted it on YouTube. And uh, between that and the interviews with Al and Dave, I uh, solicited uh, some, some responses from other members of that 1982 team. And so I got a text message one day from a gentleman named Scott Anderson. Scott Anderson is the, or was, the narrator for the Blue Angels in 1982 before moving on into the diamond formation in later years. But he sent me a text message and let me know that he appreciated the fact that I was publishing these interviews. He hadn't seen some of these individuals in years. And so it was great for him to catch up. And it, it was a, the video served as a catalyst for the team to start connecting again. I'm not one to waste a good opportunity. So with that text message, I begged Scott Anderson to let me interview him. We made it happen. He actually doesn't live in Texas, so he has family in Texas, though, and the next time he visited his sister, uh, he said he'd let me know, and he gave me a ring. Sure enough, Scott Anderson made his way to Texas, and I made a three-hour drive north, and we were able to rent a conference room and spend half a day recording his interview and talking, and again, filming all of this, not really thinking that I was going to put together uh, a long-term piece in 1982, but came back, posted his interview, and then sure enough, maybe a couple months later, I get another text message, but this time from the slot pilot of the 1982 Blue Angels, Bob Stevens. And his text message was very similar to Scott Anderson's. He just appreciated seeing some of his old comrades, some of his old friends on video. He thought it was great. The reconnecting and the video really served as a catalyst to do that. Well, again, I took advantage of that text message and I asked Mr. Stevens if he'd be available to let me interview him. And and he did make himself available. He had some personal travel that happened to bring him through Austin, Texas. And so I picked him up at the airport and we went back to my house and filmed an interview for a day uh, before he had to get on with his personal business. But that was cool to actually film the interview in my house. That's the first time I've done that. And my son happened to be there and watching Bob interact with my son was pretty special. Uh, and my son still talks about Bob Stevens, and this was six months ago. So that's how I captured those interviews and, and uh, published the individual stories that each one of those pilots, again, not thinking about that 1982 season. But uh, one of the great byproducts of interviewing these individuals is they were so generous with uh, their other information and resources that they had. 
So Bob Stevens sent me a giant box full of personal VHS tapes and audio tapes from his time on the Blue Angels and allowed me to digitize those. Uh, one of my favorite videos that he shared was a refueling trip when the team went from Southern California and flew out to Hawaii. It's literally 90 minutes long of the team doing some refueling in the Skyhawks out over the Pacific Ocean. I'd never seen that footage before. I've never seen it published anywhere else. So I really did try to incorporate that footage into the 1982 video. Scott Anderson sent me several air shows on uh, VHS that I've been able to digitize. Again, things that aren't very public. So it was just great being able to do those interviews, capture their footage, and really tell their story. So I hope you got to see that documentary. It was fantastic to put it together. 80,000 views right now, which uh, blows me away. And I'm glad that I'm able to help share and amplify the stories of such incredible individuals. And uh, I'd like to do more of that in the future. I think one team I have an opportunity to do that with is potentially the 1977 team, which had uh, similar adverse circumstances during their year as well. But I've interviewed quite a fair number of the pilots from that team, but would love to capture the boss's commentary, which I've not done yet. And also uh, their opposing solo, Vance Parker. I'd love to capture his story before I ever dare publish a team retrospective without, without the minute. So that is my update for you guys. I hope you enjoyed some of that behind the scenes story stuff. It's always fun to share. But uh, bottom line is, I think next time you see a podcast from me, and hopefully very soon, it's going to feature an interview with a former Blue Angel pilot, and you won't need to hear my rambling. But thanks so much for staying connected. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure that, you know, if you want to talk, send me an email. I'm at blueangelphantoms at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at blueangelphantoms, or if you have a Twitter account, it's different. It's uh, at blueangelf4. But always enjoy hearing from you. If I don't respond, don't take it personally. Just send me another note. I do get sometimes wrapped up in my day job and family stuff. I never intentionally ignore anyone. I try to respond to absolutely everyone. Love getting your questions. Love getting your feedback, good or bad. But uh, anyway, stay safe, everybody, and we'll talk real soon.